Welcome to the Fairview Church Podcast. At Fairview Church, we are dedicated to reaching our neighbors with the true freedom found in full surrender to Christ. To find out more about our church, including service times, location, and current sermon series, please visit us online at www.myfairview.org. Today, we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture from the Psalms. And so just to let you know, I'm going to be taking a little bit of a left turn from the Gospel of John, although it'll be connected. And those of you who were here last week, I feel the need to kind of like apologize or something, uh, although I don't know what else I could have done possibly. And so just want to acknowledge, I felt like I was saying what the Lord had had called me to and, and just trying to express that. It has been amazing just how God is at work, not just in my life, but in the people around me here in this church. And I will say that there, there very much has been this awakening to the reality of what God is doing and his presence and his power and his calling. And, and it's just incredible to see. And I'm praying to see that fan into flames to see com- continually as as God works and open hearts to, to the truth of who he is and what he's doing, that we will step forward faithfully. Uh, one of the things that, that I knew last week was that the glory of man blinds us from seeing the glory of God. I'll say that again. Seeking the glory of men, of people, blinds us from seeing the glory of of God. And I've, I've seen it so clearly in my life how being concerned about what other people think is something that, that blinds us to the true glory of God and what He is doing and what He wants to do through us. And so I am praying that God would free us from the bondage of seeking the glory of men to just knock that off of us so that we could truly see the glory of God and what He is doing. Uh, this morning we're going to be in Psalm chapter 40 and we're going to be looking at the, the NIV version of the text and this is just verses 1 through 3 and I'll explain kind of why in a second but I would invite you just to stand with me for just a moment and recite Psalm chapter 40 verses 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Father, we thank you for these words. We pray that your spirit would speak this truth into our very beings, into our hearts. God, we pray that you would give me the words to say and give us the hearts to receive what you have for us. And we thank you for what you're doing. Spirit of God, I thank you that you are awakening people to your truth. You're awakening people to your work and the reality of your kingdom. And so, Lord, we pray that that would continue. I cannot accomplish that. I acknowledge that. So I'm asking for you, God, to do what only you can in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. You can have a seat. 
I want us just to see a couple simple things from this text. Uh, first, I want us to see that God listens. So David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Um, the reason I'm using the New International Version is because this is the version I memorized of this text when I was a kid. And so it's in my mind. But the word patiently is not a great translation of the Hebrew. It's really the idea of waiting, I waited. There's, there's this idea of the fact that David is, David is not just, because when you read patiently, what do you think of? Like waiting patiently. You know, like sitting there restful, like twiddling your thumbs, maybe by a river or something like that. And that's not the idea of what David is getting across here. Uh, David is in this pit, and we're going to see this. And he is, he is crying out to the Lord, because what is it that God hears? His cry, right? I, I waited patiently, and you heard my cry. So David has been crying out to God. He has been praying to God because he's in this place of, of helplessness. He's in this, this pit, and it's a pit that's filled with mud. Um, we have a drainage ditch out behind our house, and when it rains, it fills with mud. And our kids love to play out in the mud. And, I mean, they just get filthy, right? And it drives their mother nuts when they come in but they love it they love to play in that but when they play in it and their hands get in it it's fun but I want you to imagine that pit is 25 feet high and imagine that they are trapped in the bottom of that pit and and they are desperately trying to get out and they are climbing up the side of that pit. They are clawing into the mud, but every time they try to get a foothold, it just sinks and falls back down, and they are exhausting all of their energy, and they finally end up just in a heap laying there in the bottom of that pit. No energy and no way to get out. That's the picture David's saying. There's, there's no hope of escape. And he is crying out to God. He's, he's not, because there's a different cry that comes out of recognizing you are hopeless. Like prayer changes. There's prayers of like, I should say these words and I want God to kind of help me with something. And then there is crying out in desperation, I'm clawing at this mud. I am desperately trying to get out of this thing. I can't do it. And God is a God who listens. And, and this is true all throughout the scriptures. What makes idols idols is they do not listen. But God listens. He bends down. He lends his ear. He listens to the cries of his people. And this is essential because we can be blinded or jaded or sleepy 
to the reality that our, that our prayers work, that there's power in our prayers. We can begin to believe a secularized version of Christianity that says God doesn't really hear. There's, there's not really power in prayer. And that is, that is a lie, right? That is a lie because that will keep you from what? From praying. And I believe the enemy who is real and the demonic forces that are real are desperate to not have the people of God praying, to not utilize the power that God has given his people through prayer. And so we have to start with the fact that God listens and he hears David's cry. But not only does God listen, he lifts. He lifted me out of the miry clay, out of the slimy pit. He was in this slimy pit. He was in this clay and mud and he couldn't escape on his own. And that brought him to this point of desperation where he cried out to God and he cried out to God and he cried out to God and God reached in and lifted him out and set his feet on a rock. The mud would just fall. He would step and there was no foothold. There was nothing there that was secure. There was, he was insecure in the mud. There was no security. And yet the rock is secure. He can stand on it. It's stable. And because of this, because he's been in the pit where he couldn't escape, and now he's standing on a rock that is stable and firm, there is a new song in his heart, a hymn of praise to God. Have you had that? God rescued me. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Thank you, God. That's a prayer that goes to the depth of your being. I shared last week what had happened in my life the day before and how physical things, spiritual things, emotional things were just overwhelming me and the enemy was was absolutely at work. This was not just me in my head, like accusation, discouragement, fear, lies just overwhelming me. Uh, one of the, the actual Hebrew that we, again, there's interesting translations that we tra- translate slimy pit. Uh, one of them is noisy, p- noisy pit. And, and there's this noisiness. And that's what, 
It's like this overwhelming sound. And, and when you're in a place where you're filled, like you have fear and you have anxiety and you have physical pain and you have all of this, it's noisy, right? It's like noise in your head. It's like these accusations and these questions and these doubts and these fears. And it's just buzzing in your head and you go nuts. And God did some incredible things, and I shared those on Sunday morning because I felt like I was supposed to. I felt like I took a step of obedience of not caring what anybody thought about me. And then that night, man, it just started up again. Those things, there's things that you forgot that happened. You were, you were lying. You, you, you forgot about this. And then, and then you told those people and then you're, you're, but you're making these things, you're connecting these dots that these are just coincidences. These are not, these weren't real, these were just coincidences. And now you told all those and now, and now you are a liar and, and it just was man and doubt shining criticism, that spirit of doubt, that spirit of fear, that spirit of of criticism and back there. And I'm just, I'm, I'm no, I, I believe this. I, these things happen. Like I'm, I'm putting it back together. And then finally it's like four o'clock and I just grab my phone and I turned on the U Bible and Psalm 40 was there. I had, my sister-in-law had been praying and fasting and doing Psalm 39. And I guess I had clicked over to Psalm 40, but right in that moment, Psalm 40 was there. Here's why that's significant. When I was a kid, I went through a time where I was wrestling and it was like the enemy was just pelting me and it was this pit and, and I couldn't sleep at night and I was having all this. And, and so I memorized Psalm 40 verses one through three, and I would recite it in that time, and I would recite it, and I would recite it. There is no passage in the entire Bible that means what those verses mean to me. There is, there is no section of scripture in the entire Bible that is in my heart, that is in the depth of my being, like these verses. I know them. They are hidden in my heart. And the fact that at that moment, those verses were there, and it took me back to when I was this little kid in the same enemy and the same accusation and the same questions and the same pit, like the same mud that I can't claw out of. And it was the most overwhelming sense of peace. It was like the only passage that, that would have done that was that. And I went upstairs and I cried and I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I just, just, man, praise, like, thank you, Lord. I'm going to stand. This is the rock. Your word has spoken truth into my soul. I'm going to stand on this truth, on Jesus. He's real. He's at work. And I was, I was, it was just peace. And then I came in to work that we had our seven o'clock prayer time, which by the way, 
You're welcome. Monday through Thursday, I'm here. We're here. I'm here at seven. If you want to come pray, join us. We'd love to have you. I didn't think anyone was going to show up. I pulled in and there was a flock of deer who were here. And so I was like, well, psalmist says, as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. All right, we'll do this. But I went in and, and I thought I might, I figured I might be by myself. And so I grabbed this. I have this praying the Psalms and I just thought this would be a good thing to pray through. And I had a bookmark in it. And when I opened it up, it was Psalm 40. Now here's the deal. What the enemy does to me is question all this stuff. All of this is coincidental. Pieces all together. It was a confirmation from my heart. Of like, no, this, the, this is the, the Lord is giving you this. And you are such a doubter that you need it. Like I have to beat you over the head because you will question everything. You will doubt everything. And so I, so this is, this is this confirmation that is so, that is so specific. And then the people came and then the, the brothers and sisters that did show up and it was like sharing what God was doing in their lives and their hearts and like speaking unbelievable, like just God was at work. He had spoken through his word and then he was, he was speaking through his people and it was over, it was overwhelming. It was this hymn of praise. He put a new song in my heart, a hymn of praise to our God. He put a new song in my heart, not in my lips, not in my head, in my heart, a new song. And that's different. It's a different song in your head from your heart. You know that. You can have a song in your head and on your lips, and it's a different song when it's in your heart. When it's like, God, I was, I was, I could not get myself out of this, and you came through. And people had been praying. I think my, my sister-in-law, her praying, her fasting, my family, my parents, them praying, many of you praying, and, and, and God used that. Like he put all of this together and it worked. It, it was such a powerful demonstration that I, in the doubting, insecure, questioning person that I could not, like he knew, okay, you're going to have to have all of this overcome and, and it's just going to have to keep going. But what happened, thank you, God, yes. What happened after this is, is things started happening. And, and all I can say is, is I've never had a week. And I'm, I'm telling you, in my whole life, it's been like this past week. And it's like, call it, okay, you do this, all right? I sense you telling me, do this, I'm going to do this, and then it leads to something else, and it's something for someone else. It's like God wanted to show his love to this person, and so he gave me this prompting that led to that love being delivered. There is nothing more joyful than that. There is, I promise you, 
there is nothing more joyful than knowing, okay, God just gave me this prompting to do this for this person and they receive it and they're overwhelmed. It's like, that was not about me. I did like being part of that. And, and here's the deal. Like somebody came up to after the first service and said, I'm so long you got, you know, so glad you got to this point in your life. I've been there. You know, I remember when that happened like 20 years ago. I'm like, okay, maybe you, maybe there's a lot of you who, what I'm saying is like not surprising. And you're like, what took you so long? But I'm just telling you, like they're joining in that it is, there is no joy. And, and that's where it's like God is not just doing something for you. It's, it's doing something because he wants to bring you into his work of lifting other people out of pits. God lifts you out of pits to recruit you to lifting other people out of pits, like redeeming God. He's the one working. It's his power. He's at work. And yet he utilizes prayer, right? He, for whatever reason, he utilizes prayer. I've said this before and I'm just, my, my grandmother, when I was being born, this was before cell phones, she was in Kansas City in 1983 and my mom was in Texas having me and she woke in the middle of the night to the words out loud, pray for the cord. She had no way of knowing. I had umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. I was blue. For whatever reason, God woke her up in the middle of the night to the words, pray for the cord. Why couldn't God just do it? Why did he tell her to pray for it? I don't know. But for whatever reason, that's how he works. Like he calls people to pray for things that are accomplishing his purposes. And so this prayer is like an essential part of this, but then also the people. And this is where, man, so many people, it's like, I wasn't going to say this, or I was think, I was afraid you would think I was crazy. And so I wasn't going to do this or what, and that's it, man. Like one of the things that happened this week, I was like, oh, I, this is going to embarrass this person. And I don't, and I don't think I should do it. And that's the enemy. Like that is Satan wants to shut you down and he will use embarrassment, doubt, and shame to keep you from stepping into what God is doing. I'm telling you, he will, that you will question it. You will go, man, that's, that doesn't make sense. This person will be embarrassed or, or somehow this person will, and that is fear of man. I'm telling you, the glory of men, Jesus says, keeps you. It blinds you from the glory of God. As long as you are focused on what people think, the glory of men, you will be blinded to what God is doing and what he is inviting you into. And so you have to have that knocked off of you. I'm just telling you, like what people think does not matter. They are, they are like mist. They are like grass. It's nothing. And that's the enemy's tactic to keep you from seeing what God is doing and joining in it. And he's so effective. I'm just telling you. And so I thank God that there have been these things. And people like, like, okay, at this specific time, I needed this in this specific way. Like directly, no doubt. And he's preparing. Again, it's not just for me because... My neighbor came and knocked on my door on Saturday morning and he was crying and he told me that his wife had died in her sleep. And he said, she died on Tuesday. And I've been here 10 times in my truck and I haven't got out and I've driven back home. 
He said, this is the first time I've been able to get out of my truck and to come up here. And I said, I know why. Because I wasn't ready on Tuesday. God has... <laughs> hmm. God had to teach me how to listen. And that's what he's been doing. Because I would have talked at him. I would have tried to tell him the things that you're supposed to tell somebody. He just, he wanted to just ask if I would do the service and then leave. But God was saying, no, like I said, can you have, can you grab a cup of coffee? Let's go sit on the back porch. And we sat there for two hours and I just listened. And God taught me for two hours about his wife who got Crohn's disease when she was 15 years old, who had dealt with physical issues her whole life. She could never have children, but she had taken in three, including one who's now one of my son's friends, who's her grandson now, and cared for them and raised them and loved them. And I needed to hear all of that. I needed to, but, but he also needed to share it. He needed to share it. And, and, he, and then we talked about Jesus because they'd been married for 33 years. And he said, I experienced unconditional love from her for 33 years. And we were able to talk about Jesus who lived for 33 years, who displayed the most incredible unconditional love in taking our sins, the sins that that condemn us, that separate us from God, that fill us with, with this guilt, and that he took those on himself on the cross and died for our sins. He didn't, he just took it. He just took our sins. He took the accusations. He took the nails. He took our punishment so that we could be forgiven, so that he could he took our sin so that he could give us his righteousness. And that's the only rock we can stand on. That's unconditional love. And, 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 I, and, I, and I... We have to learn to listen because there's so much noise and the enemy does this. I want you, man, the enemy will fill your head with noise. He will get you to worry about stuff in the future so that you're focused on what's going to happen. Where's this headed? Physically, financially, whatever. You're, you're there or in the past. You're, these accusations, this condemnation, this guilt, he's going he's gonna to flood you with it. Right? So you're either in the past in condemnation and guilt or you're in the future in fear and anxiety and worry. And you know what that keeps you from? The present, like right now, which is God's time. That's God works now, right? In this moment. We listen. What is God saying now? We surrender. What is he calling me to do now?
right? All of this junk, all of this noise. What's it about? What's it for? It's keeping you from listening and looking to Jesus and looking to Jesus and looking to Jesus. Because here's the deal. In the pit, there's only one way out. There is one way, one truth, one life, one way to God, one way to righteousness, one source of forgiveness, one source of cleansing, one source of healing, one source of power, one source of real purpose, one source of hope. There's only one. There's only one rock. There's only one rock that you can stand on. There's only one rock that will actually support you, not just in this life, but in the next. And that is Christ. We need, we need each other. We need each other. I need you. I need your prayers. I need conversations. I need to listen to you. I need to share things with you. You need each other. And, and the only way we'll get through this is if the enemy's tactics of blinding you with the glory of men is overcome. And so I don't know what it's going to take to get that out, but we got to get that out. That's like clogging the system. Okay. And I will, if you, man, if you just need to talk, I will listen. Like I am, there. <laughs> but we, but we've got, because we're just, because when you're alone and you're in the pit, right? You're just, you're whole, you're, you're, the enemy wants to get you alone, right? He's a wolf and he wants the sheep by itself so he can capture it. It's in the dark that the mold grows. And, and, and we come out of the darkness into the light. We confess our sins to one another that we may be healed. We, we, the only way to life is in the light and that's pulling this out. Okay. And that's what we've got to do. And so, man, we're going to close here, invite our worship team to come up, but I just want to invite you, like come out of the darkness into light. Maybe you just need to like trust in Jesus because you've never done that. Like you're in a pit because of your sin and your guilt and God showing you the reality of your sin and your hopelessness. And what he's telling you is to trust in Jesus. Jesus lived the perfect life you sin, you fail to live. He died the death for your sins that you deserve to die. And then he rose from the grave to conquer the enemy that you cannot conquer. And he offers that as a gift for by grace you are saved through faith and not by works. It's not your own doing. And you receive that by faith. And maybe it's just, it's just like, man, I've been looking, I've been trying to escape through these substances or I've been trying to escape through this and it's, it doesn't work. It's, you know, it doesn't work. You can't ignore it. That's, that's clay. That's mud. That's just you clawing at something that's not going to work and you're going to stay in the pit. And what Jesus wants is for you to be free. Like he really wants you to be free. He really wants that. And I really want that. And these people really want that. And so let's go to him. Let's go to Jesus. Father, we need you. We are hopeless on our own. God, I am hopeless on my own. I have no way to get out of this pit. But thank you for Jesus. Thank you.
you turned and heard my cry. That you lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. That you set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. That you put a new song in my heart, a hymn of praise to our God. And that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. May we put our trust in the Lord because he is the only one trustworthy. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Fairview Church Podcast. To find out more about our church, please visit us online at www.myfairview.org. 